This is episode number 45 of the Invest For More Real Estate Show. My name's Carter and I am your host. And in today's episode, I am bringing you some knowledge bombs that we are going to go over that we are experiencing on a weekly basis. Um, so let's get into it without further ado. What are we going to be talking about here today? Well, first off, we're gonna, going to be going over what exit strategy we predominantly take into most or most of our deals, um, what we're doing, especially in today's marketplace. That is going to be the first thing that we talk on. Then we're going to get into calculating return on investment, what you actually need to do in order to calculate it properly. And lastly, we are going to go through the process of um, like what our standard operating procedure is. And I apologize, I was trying to read what my notes had said. Um, but let's jump into it. So what exit strategy do we mostly have in mind? And what should you have in mind when you're first beginning investing in real estate um, or when you're an experienced investor? This can apply no matter what your situation is. But first, let's talk to the investor that's just getting started. Well, first off, ask yourself, do you have money? Can you fund a deal if you put it under contract? If you cannot, then you need to be upfront and honest with the owner and you need to tell them, I plan on partnering with another investor for them to purchase this deal. If I cannot partner with another investor, I will not purchase this deal. Be upfront and honest because what will end up happening if you are not and if you back out of the deal, you could get involved in a very bad situation and that's the last thing that you want to do. So typically our wording for that is, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, um, I, I like to let me restart. That was a horrible explanation. So I would say, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, um, of course, when, when we purchase properties, we do it in a, a very standard way. This is how we do all of our business, but we partner with other investors in the area to purchase your property. Now, what we do with that is we require a 30-minute time that we would bring an investor through to check it out. If we can partner with them, then we'll move forward on the purchase. If we cannot, we will not purchase it. So I just want to make sure that you're 100% understanding or you're, it's 100% clear of what we intend to do. And chances are they're going to say yes, no, um, maybe. I get, it is what it is there, but that is how you want to approach that conversation. But what exit strategy should you have in mind? Well, like I said, if you don't have money, then you should try to probably try and wholesale it, whether it's to a flipper, a rental property owner, a landlord, so on and so forth. Now, what do we do in our business? Our main strategy, 99.9% .9 of the time, is to try and flip a property. So whether we, we flip it or we close on it and resell it, wholesale it, um, that is what we try and do. So when we typically provide multiple different offer options, our first offer option is going to be by far the lowest as the cash offer. And with that, if we get a deal for that cash offer price, we can do whatever we want with it. We can buy it and resell it and make a profit. We can flip it and make a profit. We can wholesale it and make a profit. Or we can buy it and keep it as a rental and cash out all of our money and then, um, again, return even more after the fact. So we have literally every single exit strategy in mind when you source your own deals. Now, if you're buying from a wholesaler, typically you have one of two exit strategies. You can buy it and flip it, or you can buy it and keep it as a rental. Either one works fine. It just depends on what your strategy is, and you definitely want a strategy in mind before even beginning 
because you are operating a business. You want to operate as a business, and a business has one goal, and that's to be profitable. If you're not profitable, then you do not run a business, um, and if the business controls your life, again, you do not run a business. You run a day-to-day job or a high-income earning skill. So let's be clear with that. You need to have a exit strategy that you basically take into consideration every single deal that you come across, and then you can be flexible after the fact. And that's what I would recommend. Now, how do you calculate the return on investment um, when when we're going from like sourcing your own deals? And my number one thing is like so many people say, oh, well, direct mail is dead or cold calling socks or text messages are terrible or Google ads are bad, Facebook ads. And my question to them is, okay, so how much did you make on your first deal from it? And if their answer is like, um, we didn't make anything because we didn't do a deal from it. Then the next follow-up question is, well, then how do you know your return on investment was bad? Well, we spent $2,000 or $3,000 and didn't make anything. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that the return on investment is bad because you never made a return on your investment. So let me explain this a little bit further so it's easier to understand. In order to have a return on your investment, you need to make a return. So say, for example, say you spend $1,000, you make nothing, 2000 nothing, Three, four, five thousand, nothing. Then you spend five thousand five hundred dollars, and you make a profit of fifty-five thousand dollars on a deal. Now, is your return on investment in that regard? Is that a terrible return on investment? I personally, I would not think so. I think that's a phenomenal return on investment because you're making, I want to say, like a thousand percent return after you um, pay off your your marketing expenses and whatnot. It's a net return of almost a thousand percent. So my question then becomes, well, how much money do you need to spend in order to get a deal? And that's the question to ask is you need to keep spending money until you actually generate a return on investment. And then you can dictate, okay, what's my minimum threshold that I'm willing to deal with? Or what am I not comfortable spending in order to get a deal? If you're not comfortable spending $5,000 to earn $25,000, then this might not be the business for you. But if you're comfortable spending $5,000 to earn $15,000, $20,000, $25,000, $50,000, then I would highly recommend to check out multiple different marketing strategies. Because one might not be the greatest for you. Cold calling might take too much upfront work or texting is just too day-to-day. You need new lists, you need new data, everything like that. And it might be a little bit too difficult, whereas you could invest in um, like radio ads or TV ads or any other source of marketing and actually earn a lot greater return or a greater return on your time. Because when it all comes down to it, we do this business to free up more time, to make more money, and to live a better lifestyle that we choose to live. So when you work less, you earn more, everyone is happy. Or most of the time, everyone's happy, especially if they have a a good mindset and a a healthy lifestyle. So my, my question is again, How much money do you need to spend in order to earn a return on that investment? And always look at your marketing strategies with that in mind. Okay, if you haven't done a deal, we'll keep spending money until you get a deal. And again, you need to be doing things properly. Take it with a grain of salt. I don't want you spending 10 or 20 grand to generate one deal that profits $10,000. That is not what I'm saying is, I'm saying you need to spend money in order to make money. That's the realm of this business and that's what you need to do. Lastly, 
you need to stick with your process. And this kind of goes with the, the, the second topic that we talked about here today. But what I specifically mean in this regard is when you stick with your process, if someone comes up to you or someone calls you and is like, okay, what's your offer? Or you're cold calling someone or you get a piece or a response to your direct mail. How much are you going to pay for my property? Unfortunately, that's not our process. That's not how this works. We reach out to you. We're asking if you're interested in selling. If you're interested in selling, we go through or steps number one, two, three, four. And then step number five is we provide you an offer. If you're not interested in doing that, I totally understand. We wouldn't be the right fit for you. And it's just having that initial conversation of, okay, this is how we work. This is what we need to do. And at the very end, you get the result that you want. If you're not willing to cooperate with us, well, unfortunately, we will not do business with you. It's as simple as that, but so many investors get this wrong. And especially, I like till, still to this day, I had a situation recently um, with a, a property that we looked at in Oshkosh, and that guy's like, well, just tell me how much you can pay for it. Just take a drive-by and let me know. I'm like, well, that's typically not how we work uh, because we're just going to throw out a really low-ball offer at you. And I was like, just so you're aware, that's what it will be. Um, and he's like, that nah, just throw me out a number. So it is what it is. We threw out a number, so on and so forth. He didn't respond to us. So obviously, um, wouldn't be happening. He's the type of people that will then leave a review. Be like, oh, these guys lowballed offered me when we didn't even come out to the property. And that's where we buy houses companies get a bad name. From investors doing what I just did and also from the people who reach out and demand like some sort of information from you when in return you get nothing out of it. So my stance is, okay, if someone reaches out and they, they inquire on your site or so on and so forth, whatever it is, they respond to any marketing that you have or um, they, they ask you on the phone, you tell them, okay, well, we have a process. The first thing is we need to have a conversation about what's going on with the house. If you can answer a few questions for me, then I'll let you know if we might be interested, we might not be interested, if it would be a good fit or not a good fit. And then from there, if it sounds like something we'd be interested in, then we have to come and take a look at the property. If it's um, after taking a look at it, again, if we're interested, we'll make you an offer. If we're not interested, we'll just tell you that and we won't make you an offer. Now, upon the, us giving you an offer, what we expect is you to either provide us with a yes or no response. Like I, we're not going to pressure you into giving us a yes, but if we don't get a yes, then it's going to be an automatic no for us. So I just want you to be on the same page as me. And this is the conversation that you can have with any seller that you deal with. Just because you don't want to waste your time. Your time is extremely valuable. And this will save so many just random conversations that you might otherwise have. Stick with your process, please. I need to stick with the process. This is for accountability on my side. I'm going to re-listen to this podcast because I need to listen to exactly what I'm saying and it's going to help everyone tremendously. But if you guys got value from the show, please like, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Um, connect with me on social media. I would love to hear your feedback um, anywhere at like Carter Crowley. Instagram, I think it's Carter Crowley underscore. Otherwise, you guys enjoy this wonderful day. I will talk to you soon and I wish you the ultimate success.